0: Welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast with me, Andy Barge, and freelance sports journalist Stuart Hodge, who is appearing on the show today for the first time. Welcome along, Stuart.
1: Yeah, a bit nervous. It's my debut, mate.
0: And we'll make it as easy as possible for you. (laughs) We'll be discussing Celtic's 1-1 draw in Motherwell. Scott Brown's return to the Celtic team tomorrow's big match against Kelly, who are currently top of the league, and also take a look at the Salzburg game in the Europa League. Next Thursday, and perhaps the absence of Dedric Beata, which I think is detrimental for the club. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll start with this week's game uh, at Fir Park. Stuart, why did Celtic falter?
1: I think Celtic faltered because of a couple of factors. The first one was there was a lot of change up in the team. Brendan Rogers was talking a lot in the build up to the match about freshness, wanting to make sure that levels and and stuff were there. I think that was a factor Um, and I think Celtic definitely suffered because of that but I also think breaking up the midfield trio that were playing so well, covering so much ground really was a factor and it kind of begs the question for me, is Scott Brown part of Celtic's best 11 nowadays? What do you think?
0: I think that it would be very, very hard to drop Scott Brown from the team, club captain, one of the highest earning players, and the, the impact that he's had at the club um, for a strong number of years now, especially since Rogers took charge, but it is impossible to ignore that Celtic's style of play, tempo, pace, creativity improved when he was injured over the Absolutely. last six weeks or so. Um, I think for games such as Muller well away, um, he's maybe the kind of player you want in your team to... To combat the physicality that the opponents have Because Motherwell are a a big strong team But if you're wanting to break down a team uh, Which Is hard to do at Fur Park in various places I don't know if Brown is the right man To start and dictate attacks from deep Like Callum McGregor has been doing in that role Recently?
1: Yeah, I think it's the areas of the park that he operates in. If you look at the team when you've got McGregor, Christie, and even rojic who'll be sort of playing in, in more attacking areas, Scott Brown tends to play for the most part in the kind of middle third, but in, in Celtic's half of the pitch for the most part. Mm-hmm. Occasionally he'll venture out of that sort of area. Maybe similar to what Neil Lennon did during his career for okay. Celtic, but that was obviously a totally different team, totally different system, whatever. If you look at Celtic when they had McGregor in that role or Christie playing as an eight as well, they can come deeper. But the impetus and, and the momentum of Celtic's play is carrying them forward. Mm-hmm. When Scott Brown's there, it's going side to side, and I think that is 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 a big factor because if you, if you do that, if you if you pass it sort of in in less of an attacking kind of manner in those areas, then what you're doing is you're making the build up to any sort of move a bit more stagnant. And I think that was the, the, the big thing that kind of came through to me. And But I think the other thing was, first half, it wasn't as bad as it was in the second half. Brendan Rodgers made an interesting comment after the game where he said that he thought Celtic were taking up better positions in the second half. So what was wrong then? Johnny Hayes, he praised his performance. I thought Johnny Hayes was really industrious, tried really hard, was good at beating his man, mm-hmm. but he was playing in the right-hand side and he's crossing with his right foot is not good enough no so is there a question of depth as well then
0: I think so because Edwards' absence and I'm a big fan of Griffith's but I think Edwards' absence and James Forrest's absence in the final third really told absolutely and on the right side Celtic don't have the same attacking prowess from deep as they do on the left with Tierney Lustig doesn't really have the legs to get forward and Gamboa doesn't really have as much ability to Mm -hmm. get forward and put in dangerous balls and I think with Forrest's absence of the form he's been on Johnny Hayes Really was, although he was industrious, didn't really come in and fill those shoes well. And if you're wanting to be able to rotate the team and constantly produce results, you want somebody who's going to step in and be able to just keep churning out performances. John Hayes, granted, he's been injured, and not had a lot of game time over December. That might change, but I think it does show at the moment that Celtic's fit and firing best eleven that has been in the on the park for the last month to six weeks or so really is a step above um, what the rest of the squad can offer when they're called upon.
1: Yeah, totally agree. I think you saw, um, I mean, we highlighted Johnny Hayes there. That showed just how big a player James Forrest has become for Celtic. Because it used to be that he flattered to deceive a bit. I mean, everyone knows the criticisms of his mm-hmm. game. And to be honest, the age he is now, he should be knitting it all together. but He's hitting
0: his prime now, Forrest. I think he's 27, yeah?
1: Totally. Mm-hmm. And, and he's full of confidence. He's playing brilliantly. He's beating players for fun on that side. He's also... Providing assists Providing goals And doing that on a regular basis And Call me old fashioned But unless it's someone That's particularly good At the inside Forward role I'm always A fan of Especially on the right side Having a right footed player On that side If you've not got someone That's that's necessarily Two footed Just a a personal preference thing Somebody who's confident In hitting the byline Aye, exactly. Whereas if you've got someone that's that's because Johnny Hayes did try to do that, but how many of his crosses against Motherwell ended up sort of hitting the first man? That was a big problem. Johnny
0: Johnny Hayes is a strongly one-footed player. Yes, which is often the outcome with left-footed uh, players. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it seems to be <laughs> that way, but um, Johnny Hayes, I think it's fairly easy for a defender to predict what is going to be what he's going to do when he's on the opposite flank. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if Johnny Hayes has got the pace. And the confidence to burst past his man, hit the byline and zip the ball across on the left, I think it's to Celtic's benefit rather than having him on the right. Totally agree. Yeah. So we've touched on Brown there. I think we can agree that the the dynamism, I suppose, and the impetus is removed from Celtic's midfield. But you can also probably say that he is an important
1: man in the Celtic team and in the squad. More so in the dressing room, I think now. I I, I think Scott Brown's influence over the rest of the players is... I think he's more of a leader in terms of the way that he conducts himself and things like that. And you've got to remember, Scott Brown's a player that that, that, that changed with. He was a bit sort of off the cuff, maybe a bit fiery tempered when he was younger. He's, he's grown into this leader. But, I mean, it's, it's essentially a decision between personalities and football. I mean, yeah, very strong personality. but definitely keep him at the club and look to integrate him into sort of coaching roles and things like that. But is he part of Celtic's first eleven these days? The the way the team is right now, especially the way that Brendan Rodgers likes to play.
0: No, he's not. So you would rather have Callum McGregor operating in that kind of anchor role, where his job, despite sitting slightly further back, isn't to break up play. It's to start play. Mm-hmm. Almost the, the the American football quarterback role, where he's got the whole game in front of him. And he decides where the ball goes and dictates what happens. Yeah,
1: precisely that. I think I think there'll be games where Brown's needed. I think the European game perhaps that's that's on the horizon. But against the the so called lesser teams in the Premiership, I think it's important to have a bit more in terms of what we can offer going forward.
0: So since Brown's injury, which was mid October, the four two game against Tibbs, Celtic have thumped a few teams, a couple of five goal hauls, they've won the cup. Um, have dropped points away to levy and Motherwell, so it shows that although the team was performing well in his absence, n- not the full uh, or the well-rounded oiled machine that can just go and blast away anyone in their in their way. Um, so what would you play in order to maximise Celtic's chances in midfield anyway of winning games?
1: Well, as in, what, five? Yes. Right, I would go with uh, McGregor and Christie playing behind Rogic and then I would go with James Forrest, and then it gets kind of tricky because Scott Sinclair's got no confidence at the moment. We saw Cham playing in that attacking left midfielder role; it didn't really seem to suit him. But how do you how do you then sort of get him in the team? So maybe perhaps you could move Christie out to the sort of wider side and and play him there. McGregor's very McGregor's versatile. Been there, yeah. So I think any any sort of iteration of those five would work. Um, I really like the midfield three midfield three of McGregor, of Christie and Rogic. But I think you've got to play Cham because he's he's of that required quality. So I think you therefore, yeah, maybe McGregor out in the left it's, in that case. I
0: think Cham's another one who's likely to play because if he doesn't work himself back into the team, then his resale value is just going to plummet. Yeah. And there was interest this summer. Mm-hmm. Celtic kept him but I think if if he performs again this season you can expect parties to register interest as the summer window approaches and if Celtic aren't going to make a big profit that goes against their whole yeah. philosophy so I, I think we can expect to see Celtic Champions run as of Celtic a business team. at the
1: yeah. end of the day and I think that will come into the thinking of, of things
0: yes absolutely well it's a massive game tomorrow for Celtic when Beggy. did you ever think Celtic v. Kelly would be a top of the table <laughs> clash
1: eh <laughs> uh, I've got to say that that was not something that even with what Steve Clark managed to do last season, uh, it wasn't something I was going to be expecting, especially this time of year. I mean, early on in the season, you mm-hmm. can think, yeah, first maybe six, seven games, the, the, the league's a bit mixed up. But we're getting to that stage now. I mean, we're approaching the midway point in the season, mm-hmm. you've got to remember, and Kelly are still right up there and in about it. And deservedly so. It's not been luck. Yep. I mean, they've actually had games where decisions have gone against them that, that Steve Clark's made uh, <laughs> quite, quite a potent point about. But yeah, Kelly are there. They deserve to be there. And it's a fascinating narrative going into yeah. this
0: one. Ifs if and buts. But if they had held on against Aberdeen a couple of weeks ago, we would be going into this game against them with a possibility of being five or seven points behind them mm-hmm. as we approach mid-December. And that is not only a massive deficit in any league, but for a team like Kelly mm-hmm. to have that uh, advantage at the top of the table at this stage of the season is, is quite incredible. And Celtic, really, considering that they haven't beaten Steve Clark yet uh, since they came to Kelly, That's right. really got to be on form tomorrow to make sure they can get past them.
1: Yeah, uh, I think it's two draws in the games at Celtic Park, two wins for Kelly in the Rugby Park matches of the of the four between Rogers and Clark so far. So, I mean... You you would say then that Celtic are due one if, if you look at it in, in that kind of sense, but they're going to have to be at their best to get past Kelly. Kelly are organised, they're resilient, they're hard working, they're exactly the kind of team that tends to pose problems for Brendan Rodgers domestically. Livingston and, and Motherwell, last yeah, couple of weeks exactly. So I think there's going to be, I think I think Celtic are going to have to be at their best. But I would say that I expect because of the importance of the game that Celtic will get the three points.
0: At the start of the season, when Hearts came flying out of the traps, people questioned um, or maybe looked at their title uh, integrity. Maybe they could go on and challenge Celtic. I think maybe people jumped the gun with that. After five or six games, they've fallen away. Kelly have just kind of been going under the radar, picking up results home and away whenever they can. So, when do you have to, without sounding... Try not to sound patronising, but when do you have to take them seriously? Because although we're nearly halfway, it's still early in the season, a lot can change. If they can get through December, uh, six games to go this month, and still be really, really close to the top of the table, do you have to really consider them as, as a threat to whoever's well, Celtic favourites for the league?
1: Yeah, I'd, listen, if Kelly managed to keep their unbeaten record intact, or, or Steve Clark managed to keep his unbeaten record intact against Celtic, then you've got to take them seriously. That's a big game with a lot riding on it. Celtic obviously stung by dropping the points and, and failing to go top in midweek. There's loads of reasons that you would look at this and say Celtic should win it. Therefore, if Kelly managed to come away and get a point at least, then you've got to take them seriously. Another another restart that I, I saw in the build-up to, to doing the podcast today... Over the last 38 games, so that's an entire league season, Steve Clark's team have picked up just three points fewer than Celtic. That's remarkable. <laughs> that is so incredible, yeah. if you can see that level of consistency is evident, then, and and especially if Kelly go and get a result, you've got to take them seriously.
0: Do you expect Celtic to win?
1: I expect Celtic to win, and I, I don't expect Kelly to last the distance, I just think their squad's not going to be deep enough over the, the course of the entire season. But, uh, it's it's do you know what it's really really good for Scottish football. The league's brilliant this season. We're honestly like we're really really blessed. Down south they've got their, their multi millions and their sort of airbrushed polished league, but up here we've got something that's real incredible. And I think we've got a really exciting Premiership this year. And I think we should embrace it.
0: What would you expect Celtic to line up as tomorrow? Because the changes were made for Motherwell. It didn't go Celtic's way. Do you think it will be reverted back to the team that has been successful over the past couple of weeks?
1: Nah, I think it will be a kind of amalgam of 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 the two. I think Brendan Rodgers will obviously have one eye, although he, he definitely won't admit it, he'll have one eye on, on Thursday night um, and he'll be thinking, right, I, I want to try and save some-, some freshness for then. I think that was a big thing with the Motherwell game as well, is, is he knew he had two really important games coming up. And I think he, he did think the squad would be, or the-, the the team he picked, would be strong enough. And you looked at the, the strength in the bench, he- I'm sure he thought he had enough options to 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 make sure of it. But, yeah, um, I-, I, th- I think Celtic will mix it up a bit, but I think we'll see the return of... of- some of the some of the sort of leading lights, as it were. Tom, Roger, I think he'll play. Uh, I think Eduardo will come back in. Um, yeah, I think there's there's a few others that are toss up. I think Forrest has to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think just because there's one thing is keeping a player fresh. The other thing is making sure you don't disrupt the momentum and confidence that they've built up. If you hold James Forrest out again I think there's a danger that he loses that sharpness that he's really really garnered over the last couple of months
0: Well he's had a week off from playing James Forrest, well he's been at training but he'll, he's had a week off from playing so surely a, a man of his fitness and his ability should be able to play 90 minutes twice in 4 or 5 days
1: Yeah I would say so and I think Brendan Rogers will think the same, I expect a much stronger Celtic starting 11 anyway
0: Okay, and we're well, looking forward to Thursday. Dedrick Boyata, massive doubt, or even ruled out with the mm-hmm. hamstring injury. How detrimental is that? Because his partnership with Benkovic has impressed a lot of Celtic fans.
1: Yeah, I think. The biggest weakness for me of Brendan Rogers tactically is very, very clever tactically. He's great at developing players. There, there's lots of really great things about his management. But if you look at Celtic, if you look at Liverpool and you look at his teams before that, the one thing that he's not been able to do is organise a defence a la Derek McInnes, a la Steve Clark. That's not his strength. But if you give Brendan Rodgers defenders that are quick enough intelligent enough and robust enough then he can he can cultivate a good back four out of that. Benkovic and Boyata are easily the best two defenders in the league and they are easily the best two defenders at Celtic as well. Yozo Simunovic has a lot of attributes in his game. I think he's I think there's definitely a really, really good player there, but it's almost as if he's not knitted it together completely yet, and he is a bit slower, and especially on the turn.
0: I was going to ask, does he fall into the brackets of quick and intelligent?
1: No. He falls into the bracket of intelligent and fairly robust when he's not injured, but nah I, I, I think his pace is lacking, and I think with Brendan Rodgers liking to play a press and a high line, I think that's... It's a real worry for Celtic. I think the fact that only a point is needed is is a good thing, but definitely with a if 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 Boyata doesn't make it, I think you've got to be looking to go out and score goals and win the game that way rather than relying on your defence to see you through.
0: Assuming if it's the one you would expect to come in because Henry's there as Ayer, he's is he fully fit just now? Yeah, uh,
1: I think Ayer's still suffering with the fractured eye socket. And right. I'm not sure in the the timeline for recovery uh, with with that, but. Um, I think it would be a big ask of Chris Ayer to, to throw him into mm-hmm. a game like that. Uh, although he has he has accomplished quite a lot in his young career and and has looked fairly dependable, especially in qualification matches. Um, Jack Hendry is one that I think a lot of Celtic fans would be quite. Angry, <laughs> almost, I maybe, mean, definitely, would question the decision to throw him into a big European game like that. So, for that reason, I think Simonovic will get the nod.
0: Well, they, I think Celtic do need a, a fairly quick backline against Salzburg because they showed in Austria how they are able to play with a high tempo, their quick thinking going forward, their passing is a, is very accurate. in mm-hmm. between the lines, mm-hmm. the goals that Celtic scored, they were slow. To re- sorry, the goals that Salzburg scored, Celtic were slow to react. So they need to be on it mentally to be able to stop this Salzburg team because in this group so far they've been a flying machine
1: Yeah, they have been Now, obviously they have the the capacity to rest players if they want because they're they're through they're top of the group everything's hunky-dory for them now, whether they choose to do so or not is, is obviously up for debate, but I'm always a great believer that although people make a big thing of, yeah, they're resting players, so you should win the game, if players are coming in and they're hungry to prove a point, then it it's, can be just as dangerous, if not more so, than players that have thought, we've already done the job here, mm-hmm. and then maybe take their foot off the pedal a little. So Celtic are going to have to beat their best, and as you say, speed is speed kills. Modern football, speed kills.
0: Uh, we well discussing speed there. We... Lustig will play, I'm sure. it yes. is not exactly got speed to kill. Would you expect, or rather see, a threat coming down the right side with Gamboa being able to push beyond the midfield and the defence?
1: Nah. I think Mikael Lustig has the experience. Um, I think when when he plays a game where he's allowed to tuck in a little bit, like he did for Sweden in the World Cup, I think he's he's still a really serviceable defender. I just think you've got to try and get help over for him, whether that's the, the centre-half coming over and covering across or whether that's James Forrest, as it will likely be, coming back and covering, which, by the way, is an aspect of James Forrest's game which has improved mm-hmm. markedly in recent seasons. Um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be... Let, let's get some help out there for Mick.
0: <laughs> well, Dedrick, Boyata, if he's not going to make it, it who knows how much longer he'll at Celtic his contract's running out at the end of the season what do you expect to happen in that situation
1: I mean this is this is sort of going on to we could do a whole different podcast on this I think it's going to be a summer of upheaval at Celtic Mm -hmm. Uh, I think Dedrick Boyata will be one of the people to go and I think he will in January or summer I, th- I think uh, the future in Europe, I mean if if the defeat happens against Salzburg then maybe Celtic will try to sell him on but if Celtic were to try and get rid um, with still Europa League football to look forward to and given how important he is, especially with the news that Benkovic is, is going to be staying... Then I, I think Celtic fan, I, I don't think Celtic, given all of the criticism of their summer transfer business, I don't think they could get away with that uh, in, in the eyes of supporters. So yeah, I wouldn't expect him to go if there's Europa League football to look forward to in January. But if he does, if Celtic do go out, then anything could happen. Do
0: you expect Scott Brown to play on Thursday?
1: Yeah, I expect him to start.
0: Would that be the Celtic's advantage?
1: I think in that game, yeah, it would, uh, because it's, yeah, let's get the cliche counter out. It's horses <laughs> for courses, isn't it? Um, Scott Brown, you need his experience. You need his screening ability in that match. If Celtic are in a situation where they need a goal with half an hour to go, I wouldn't be surprised if Scott Brown is the one that is sacrificed for that. And I think that's a change, actually. I think that's what the the squad proven during the time that he's been absent is that the Celtic can play a different way without Scott Brown in the team so even though he's he's very useful for, for, for certain situations, certain instances there are times where Celtic might have to he might be the sacrificial lamb for, for Celtic to go and have a, a more cavalier approach
0: Celtic just need a point at home to Salzburg to make the knockout stage Leipziger at home to Rosenberg you would expect them fully to put them to the sword Yes. will Celtic get what they need?
1: Oh no, you're asking me to do I that. Am. Um right. I'm not sure if that compounder uh, There I've got wood behind <laughs> me. Yes, I think Celtic will uh get what they need. I think it might be a draw and I think it might be a hearum, scare 'em, last five or ten minutes. But yeah, I, I think Celtic I think Celtic are confident at the moment. I know the Motherwell game was a bit of a blip. Um, And there have been the odd ones, but if you're having blips in these sort of difficult away domestic matches, as long as Celtic are continuing to steamroller at home, and let's remember, the Leipzig performance was one of Celtic's best in Europe, I would say of Brendan Rodgers tenure even perhaps, it was was a fantastic performance, for me the best since 3-3 at home anyway uh, against Manchester City. So with that in mind, Celtic will go into the game, I think, believing that they can do the job. And I think Celtic will get what they need. In fact, I do actually expect Celtic to win the game. Well,
0: thanks very much, Stuart, for coming on the show. First time, hope you enjoyed it. Listeners can uh, subscribe and listen to all the usual platforms, Acast, Spotify, iTunes, etc. Thanks very much for listening and join us again next week.